Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Gio and Joey. Joey, how are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah. <laughs> always. The weekends are always good. It's a good time to rest. So, Joey, we're going to try another short episode here. Tell us, set us up. What are we going to be looking at? And we'll take it from there. It's some interesting clips because it shows how far, right, things have kind of fallen in our society, right? Evil being called good and good being called evil is, it's just, we live in a top, tipsy-topsy world. Everything's upside down. And I thought this was, this was a good example of that. Okay. The first clip we're going to look at is from our president, President Biden. And whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, I think you should always respect the office. Nevertheless, doesn't mean you agree with everything the office is doing. And in this particular clip, we're going to see, it's obviously Gio and Joey are not going to agree with this clip. So let's take a look at this first clip. Transgender kids is a really harder day thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Okay, Joey, several things in there I want to get to, but go ahead, I'll give you the first crack. The most interesting thing for me is the language with which he's using, right? Because oftentimes we're told as Christians and stuff, we can't speak in moral language, right? When we're talking about, you know, political views or whatever. But what I find interesting here, he's speaking in explicit religious language here. He says that, and obviously he's saying that what conservatives are doing by protecting children is sinful or close to sinful. But Obviously, I totally disagree with them on the moral point, right? Because I think what they're doing to kids in the name of transgenderism is what's sinful. But I just find that interesting that here we have this liberal president. Obviously, he's a Catholic, right? Which I'm not a Catholic, but I don't think the Catholic Church quite agrees with him here. Any Christian denomination <laughs> agrees with him. But I just find it interesting that the language he's using is explicitly religious language. Yeah, it's interesting you point that out because that jumped out at me as well. The fact that we're supposed to keep church and state separate, and yet here he is, is bringing to the office of the president religious language, which we're not supposed to use in office. Your faith can inform you, but to use that language from his presidential office, now he begins to blur the lines, no pun intended. And so that then takes us to a theological debate. What is sinful? And as a Catholic, he does not get his authority from Scripture. But we Protestants do. And debating from the Bible what they're doing to kids, it's sinful. And here in the Gio and Joey podcast, where we talk about the two-tablet theory, we're not opposed for an adult who wants to transition to do that. However, when you want to allow kids who are not 
fully yet mentally developed to transition, to make these kind of permanent long-term decisions, they're not ready for that. And we should not encourage and we should not promote it and we should not make it easier for them. I have some mixed feelings about the adults and transitioning. Because on one hand, right, I think obviously we're going to have disagreements and people need to be allowed to live their lives. But on the other hand, when knowing the reality of what gender dysphoria is and that it's, it is a real mental affliction, I don't, think, I don't look at it so much as what restrictions should be put on adult individuals but I think there's a valid debate to be had about what we should allow medical professionals to do. Right? I For agree instance, there. If someone, there's something called phantom limb syndrome, right? Somebody believes that they're born with, they have two healthy legs, but they believe they should have one. You can't go into that doctor and be like, hey, I want you to cut my leg off. The doctor would be like, no, your leg's healthy. I'm not cutting your leg off. Sure. Do I think somebody who's an adult, should be arrested because of things that they do in the privacy of their home, right? Or things that they do that don't affect anyone else? No. But I think we need to be very clear that transgenderism is a false, it's a false ontology, right? It's an fault anthropology, really. It's a false view of human nature. And so I don't think, like, yes, people are going to have disagreements about things and we're going to live our lives in different ways. But I do think we need to be very clear that, you know, it's a fault anthropology. And is it really the most kind thing to allow medical professionals to do to, to do to hurting people? Yeah. If you want to get specific, yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't, if I was the governor of a state, I wouldn't allow any doctor to do that to an adult or anybody. Now, if a man wants to live dressing like a woman, that's up to him. But to make these surgeries and on top of that, they talk about long-term studies, but there are no long-term studies. This is recent. And the regret and the angst these people are going to feel years later, and there are videos. And it's funny because there's a whole Reddit community where detransitioning takes place and nobody talks about that. And they number in the thousands of people who regret transitioning. So yeah, we're not going to cut off a healthy limb just because you think you have it unhealthy and we shouldn't be cutting off any appendages just for the sake of your delusion. Anything else jumped out on you on that clip? Yeah, no, just bouncing off what you were saying, I think, and this thought's not new to me, but I think the next phase of kind of taking on this transgender movement is going to be legal warfare, right? I'm really hoping that over the next five, 10 years that these detransitioners sue. I mean, they sue the medical people who did this to them, right? Because I feel like if there's liability attached to doing this harm to people, I think that could be one way of reining in, you know, what medical professionals in the future are willing to do. But on, I wanted, I had a verse that came to mind when he was, when President Biden was calling you know, what we're doing to protect, what conservatives are doing to protect children uh, close to sinful. It's Isaiah 5, verse 20, and it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And I feel like in so many things in our culture, like that's exactly how it goes, right? I know we were doing some of the culture segments, right, where they're talking about the greatness of adultery and Right here, we got President Biden saying that to not mutilate children is sinful, right? It's like everything is tipsy-turvy, right? We're just backwards. 
and we need to get a little bit more common sense to our public life. Yep. And they're living life upside down, where they think they're climbing to the top of the mountain, like a song used to say, instead of they're hitting the bottom of the well. Everything is upside down. Before we transition, no pun intended, to the next video, I wanted to point yeah, <laughs> I wanted to point out that kids under the age of 18, which is considered to be a legal adult, cannot sign a contract. And so what you were talking about, I hope all these kids who did these transitioning surgeries prior to adulthood come back and soothe the daylights out of them. Now, I'm pretty sure these hospitals are getting their parents to sign off. However, I sue the parents. Yep. Sue the parents. Sue everybody. Because this is going to be a massive regret come later on in life. The second video we're going to show here is of a Florida teacher. Now, Joey's going to point out something that he says that should make you go, hmm, what are they doing with these books? Let's listen to this next clip and we'll talk about it. Good evening. Thank you as always for your kindness and for insights. So which books do I remove from my Florida high school classroom? Because today after school, we had a faculty meeting and we learned that our media specialist has to inventory every single book in our classroom, whether it's a textbook, whether it's any other book we might have in a personal library for our student use, every single book. Because last year under House Bill 1467, it requires now that every single book in our classroom be inventoried by our media specialist to make sure that no titles contain pornography that they contain any references to gender identity, to sexual orientation, and of course, to race-based teaching. Now let that sink in for a second, because now I have a choice to make. I have three eight-foot-tall bookshelves in my classroom with subjects ranging from world religions to general nonfiction. I have an entire section of African-American history. I have all of American history ranged from the beginning all the way to the present. I have a bookshelf of nothing but classics, mass and trade size paperbacks. So now do I go through all of my textbooks and decide, do I wanna risk this book coming into the crosshairs of Moms for Liberty? Because all these textbook inventories, they'll now be shared with the public. And that's exactly what Governor DeSantis wants. He wants Moms for Liberty and other groups like that to scrutinize teachers like me because the consequences of violating that state law are a third degree felony. So my friends, please be aware of what's happening here in Florida. It's come to my high school. It's come to every school in Pinellas County. It's coming to every school in the state of Florida. And when it comes to your state, be warned, because you have to understand, the purpose of this is one thing, to intimidate teachers like me from actually teaching the real history of our country. So now I have to decide, do I risk a lawsuit? Do I risk a third degree felony? Or do I stand up to this and actually proudly display all the books in my classroom, most of which have been there for 10 or 15 years? I just want you to be aware of what's happening in the state of Florida right now, friends. We're standing, we're fighting, we're defending our students, we're defending our public schools because our public schools are the foundation of our democracy. You guys be well and have a great rest of your week. Well, I have to disagree with much there, but particularly that last sentence, right? Our public schools are the foundation of our democracy. It's true education is the is a foundation of our democracy, but I don't think much of that is happening in our public schools. But the first thing that struck out at me, stuck out to me, was when he was going through like all this material that now might be in question now that the law has changed to give parents more control of the curriculum. And he says, we got to go through every title that might contain pornography. And 
I hear that, and he he's saying that like it's just you know like there's no big deal. But I feel like most normal people hear that and think, wait, hold up, you're telling me you had pornography <laughs> in the classroom? What the heck was that doing there? Yeah, get it out. <laughs> what he said there about the books. First of all, having little knowledge of the law, I know that it's not a Gestapo type law in which the police are going to be raiding classrooms, and if they find something inappropriate you're going to get arrested and charged with a felony. I know that there is provision for you to register your books. Then they go through a list. And if they ask you to remove a book, you have, I think, a short period in which to remove it. But if you're going to be defiant and not remove something that may contain pornography or something objectionable, then yes, you're going to be charged. But it's not like it's going to be SWAT teams raiding the classrooms. There's going to be a grace period. There's going to be a time to remove the books. And then you get in trouble if you do not. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And the other thing I want to definitely say here, because what always comes up in this conversation is, well, this is censorship. This is book banning. This is a violation of free speech. Here's the thing we have to remember. Like, listen, I'm as for free speech as anybody. I think you should be able to say, like, when it comes to ideas, I think you should be able to say whatever you want, right? You should be able to publish it, write it, sell it, distribute it, all of that. But we're talking very specifically about public schools where these are government agencies. They, they're part of the government, right? So in other words, these teachers still have their freedom of speech outside of the classroom, right? If he wants to have, you know, gender queer, right? And he wants to sell that in his personal time, I may not like it, but he is free to do so. But in the classroom, when he's doing his job that is paid for by the taxpayers, yes, he has to be accountable to the taxpayers whose children he's teaching, right? And I think this goes to a fundamental question in our society, right? I know Hillary Clinton wrote a book about child rearing where it says it takes a village. No, it doesn't take a village. It takes a family. It takes a church. It takes a community. But it doesn't take a village, right? So in other words, like the children don't belong to the political order. They don't belong to the public schools. As a matter of law, they belong to the parents, meaning the parents are primarily responsible. So if a parents don't like what you're teaching, guess what, buddy? That's too bad, right? It's their kids, not yours. And this is not just one parent doing this. If a group of parents who are paying, look, I'm a homeowner, property taxes our school taxes are one of the highest taxes we pay. And my kids do not attend public school. I only have one child in the age of schooling and we're homeschooling. Yet I still pay that. But you better believe it. I have a say if I'm going to be paying these taxes in public schools if my kid entered public school. So I understand parents wanting to know and have a right over what they're teaching their kids. Kids are neutral. In other words, they're not independent. They're still guided by their parents and they belong to the parents, not the state. Yet the liberal side wants to say that kids belong to the state. They do not. They belong to their parents and their parents have 100% right into saying what their kids will be taught. And if they don't like it, right, if parents don't like something, they can make a change through the governing bodies vote out school board leaders 
or they're going to start taking their kids to public uh, to private schools where they'll get an even better education. So these teachers are not looking to teach. They're looking to push an ideology, which they don't have a right to do with somebody else's kids. And that's where they misplace their sense of freedom or their sense of duty. You want to do all this derelict teaching? Do it in private. Do it outside of your public school teaching. If you want to be a tutor and parents are letting you teach this pornography, go right ahead if they're paying you. But in public schools, no way, Jose. So there's, there's an issue that it always gets pushed back from the left. But I really think right that if they're, they really feel threatened by what DeSantis is doing in Florida and what other conservative states are doing in education, they actually should be, this should be a middle ground issue uh, in the issue of school choice, meaning that, uh, like, I know Arizona passed a bill under the former governor, uh, Doug Ducey, who's great, by the way, but he passed a bill called the, I forget what it was called, but it was the school choice bill. And basically, education funding would be delegated to the student rather than to institutions, right? So in other words, there would be a certain, they calculated what they what they pay per student as a state. And rather than give that into the system, they would give that portion to the parent for that student and the stipulation is they have to use it for education. So now the parent can choose, do you want to go to a public school, a charter school, a private school, a parochial school? And it's not a violation of the establishment clause because it's not the state directing money to some private school, but it's the parents. So in other words, the parents are getting the, the control. And that could benefit liberal parents just as much as conservative ones. So I think this should be something that we should be able to get middle ground on, although we haven't generally been able to. The left is the big villain in all these stories is the teachers unions. The left, Democratic politicians, pretty sure like some of their number one donations to Democrats are from the teachers unions. And they basically, they, you know, they own much of the Democratic Party. Don't get me started on unions. For the record, people, I can't stand unions, but... That might be another episode. But that being said, I think Florida is looking to pass a similar bill. Put the control back to the parents. Now, granted, are there bad parents in life? Yes. But there are measures for that. Child Protective Services. But when it comes to the indoctrination or the teaching of children, parents have a say. And if there are... And by the way, this teacher is being... What's the word I'm looking for? He's being dramatic because it's not that you can't teach these things. It's not that you can't teach African-American history. But what people are objecting to is the teaching of one history to the detriment of another. It's what the left is doing is trying to make reverse racism the answer for previous racism. And racism is never the answer. And Joey and I are not Caucasian. I think Joey may be half Caucasian, but I'm Hispanic from Hispanic parents. And racism is never the answer. And that's what some of these CRT classes are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The whole whiteness being defined as this thing you can never change and therefore makes you always racist. I like I forget who said it, but it's such a good point. Oh, it might have been Matt Walsh on the Daily Wire, but he was like, there's no such thing as reverse racism. Racism, they tried to redefine it to mean 
prejudice plus power. But that's not what racism means. That's not what it's ever mean. We all know that. Racism is mm -hmm. you believe that one racial group is superior to another. Right? So if you're black and you believe that you're superior to white people, that's racist. If you're white and you believe you're superior to blacks or Asians or whatever, that's racist, right? And so like, that's what's wrong. And so that's what people are objecting to with this critical race theory in the classroom. It's not like, I have no problem with teaching about the history of slavery and that it is a complicated issue that is a moral stain on this country. That's always been taught and that should be taught. But if you're teaching it in a way that puts blame on people that have never, that never owned a slave, that never believed in slavery, but are somehow because of some amorphous thing in their DNA guilty. Basically, if you're on the side advocating for blood guilt, you're on the same side as Hitler, right? You're on the same side as the Jim Crow boards in the South that had the one drop rule to try to determine if a marriage was legal, right? So if you had one drop of black blood and you were married a white, per white woman or whatever, you were you could be charged right that kind of blood guilt stuff it's it's dirty it's just it's gross right whatever side is doing it i agree joey have the last word here because we need to wrap this up it's already 23 minutes and we wanted to keep it short but go ahead give us the last word summarize the two videos and we'll hop out of here yeah no i think in summary the important thing to remember is that we have to be grounded in truth right because there's going to be forces coming at us trying to tell us that right is wrong and the wrong is right. And ultimately, um, I'm going to get the quote wrong. Maybe we can post it in a link. But there's a quote by an author I really like where she says that the greatest want of the world is the want of men. Men who in their utmost hearts will be as true to duty as the needle to the pole, right? That won't move That no matter what the heavens fall. Again, we'll put the quote in the link. But I just think that's really important, right? We have to know what we believe. We have to know why we believe it. And we have to be willing to have the courage to stand for it. And my last two cents here is that in both of these quotes, in both of these videos, they're appealing to emotion. Oh, we're trying to do the right thing. Yes. Look, emotions are part of life. But we have to be able to discern through the emotion to the logical facts of the matter. And these two individuals couldn't be more wrong. They are attacking our children, the vulnerable, and we are here to protect our children. Adults want to do adult things. Let them do adult things. But we have to defend the mindsets of our children. Until next time, folks. God bless. Joey, thank you once again. Be blessed, brother. Bye.